0: Welcome to this episode of Come, Follow Me, a Disciple's Journey. Let's talk about Section 81 of the Doctrine and Covenants. So in the overview episode, I briefly touched on this, but I'm going to dive into a little bit more of the background here. So Jesse Goss was um, hadn't been a member of the church very long. In uh, March of 1832, he's called to serve with uh, Sidney Rigdon and the Prophet Joseph as the first presidency, more or less. Um, he... Um, and I laugh because I say he wasn't a member of the church for very long. No one was a member of the church for very long in 1832. Uh, but he was ordained and in 1832, in April, shortly after this revelation, and served, uh, served a mission. He was called to serve, uh, to go on a mission. Uh, and in August of 1832, he traveled, uh, to, um, Actually, don't know. Now that I'm looking at my notes, don't know where he was traveled to, but he was with some other uh, elders. He blessed them, prayed for them, kind of went off his own separate way, and then we there's no more record of him after that. So uh, we don't really know what happened. I mean, as I'm in, as I'm reading the history, I could be wrong. Um, there, there's no record. This, this is what this the the notes that I have here says. There appears to be no other record of the man, either in or out of the church. I mean, there's a chance that something happened to him and he died or something. I don't know, but what we do know is that he's gone. Like he walks, he walks away from this meeting with these elders, and then no one sees or hears him again. And so, um, a few months after this happened, there's this vacancy in the first presidency. Um, it's not really called that yet, but it's essentially what it is. And so Frederick Williams is called. And in this revelation, when it's printed, they switch, uh, Jesse Goss's name, uh, in or out and Frederick Williams' name in. Verse five is the, uh, verse that stands out to me. It says, wherefore be faithful. Stand in the office which I have appointed unto you. Succor the weak, lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. So, what does this mean? And before we get into what it means, it's actually read verse 6 as well. It says, If thou art faithful unto the end, thou shalt have a crown of immortality and eternal life in the mansions which I have, which I have prepared in the house of my Father. Now, eternal life is the greatest of all gifts. Section 14 says that, teaches us that. So how do we get this gift? It's it's about being faithful unto the end. What does it mean to be faithful until the end? Well, verse 5 listed these things. We stand in the office, which I have appointed to you, be faithful. Sucker the weak. Lift up the hands which hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. First, I want to focus on, before I get into a quote here um, from Marvin J. Ashton, the word sucker. The word sucker is, has a few different meanings. But one of the meanings that I have clinged on to in my life, as I've studied this word, studied this verse, and a few other places where uh, it's used in Scripture, I think of it, it means to to run to the help of, to run to the help of to rush to the aid of someone to um, be anxiously serving anxiously. Uh, what's the, I'm I'm trying to explain how, my feelings over here with some words that aren't necessarily the, dec, the, diff, the dictionary definition, but to to anxiously apply some uh, ointment to the the pain of someone, you know, to lift them to ease their their pain, um, so to sucker the weak, lift up the hands which hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. So Marvin J. Ashton said. There is a phrase used four times in the standard works which has always intrigued me as the expression feeble knees. By definition, feeble means weak, not strong, without force, and easily, frail, easily broken or frail. When Frederick G. Williams was called to be counselor to Joseph Smith, he was given this charge. Wherefore, be faithful, stand in the office which I have appointed unto you, sucker the weak, lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. Coupled with the word strengthen, which is to, which is to make or become stronger, the phrase led me to contemplate the meaning of these words. Early on, I assumed feeble knees meant weak or exhausted. However, the context of its use in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 35, verses 3 and 4, suggests that it may have somewhat rather uh, richer meaning, something more like fearful. So imagine like shaking knees out of fear. So the feeble knees. In Doctrine and Covenants uh, 81 verse 5, the Lord's verse might be interpreted as the Lord's using Frederick, urging Frederick G. Williams to provide strength to the weak, provide encouragement to those who are exhausted, and to give courage and strength to those with feeble knees and fearful hearts. Minister. That's what this is, that's what this, he's asking Frederick G. Williams to do. You sucker the weak. You. Provide encouragement to those who are exhausted or discouraged or downtrodden, and you give courage and strength to those with feeble knees and fearful hearts. Think of think of ministering in that way, and what kinds of things stand out to you? What kinds of things? Because as I studied this week, it became that a little more clear of some things that I could improve in my ministering efforts. Um, because you know it's it's easy. The surface level of ministering is easy, but to to give courage and strength takes takes a little more. To provide encouragement for those who are just discouraged or exhausted takes a little more effort. To succor the weak and give them strength that takes effort. It takes knowing people. It takes understanding them and asking questions and listening to them and really coming to know them. Um, a final thought about Section 81 is this, uh, just in terms of the, the ongoing restoration of the gospel. As I said, it's more or less the first presidency, right, That's uh, um, we're talking about here. But... As the church was growing, there there wasn't uh, you know a quorum of the twelve. There wasn't wards as we know now know them. And so the bishops that we've read about so far aren't bishops like of a ward. They're more like the presiding bishop, and presiding bishop Rick. Uh, but as the church membership grows, and as our as the needs of the church on earth, as the kingdom of heaven on earth have grown has grown, and the needs change, the Lord reveals. The further organization of His Kingdom on the earth, and so it illustrates how when needs arise, they the Lord fills those needs as as required. Um, President Anthony H. Lund said, when the church was organized on the 6th day of April, 1830, it was impossible to establish this perfect organization of the priesthood. Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were called and ordained apostles, but there could not be 12 apostles. There could not be 70. For that time, the church was too small. It took time for the work to grow, but the Lord had given revelation upon the subject, and when the proper time came, the presidency of the church was organized. Um, and afterwards, 12 apostles were chosen, and then 70, and so on. That's the end of his quote there. So, the point is, The restoration was not an individual single event. The restoration is not over. Our Undoubtedly, our needs will change, and the organization that that we need will change, and the guidance that we need, especially as the second coming of Jesus Christ draws near, things will change, and and the Lord will continue to reveal things, and that continuing revelation is the ongoing restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So... Just a thought there about that, uh, and I guess I'll close this episode with just my testimony of the truthfulness and the power of having a living prophet to guide us in these days to receive that revelation. There are two two branches of, of revelation, um, and I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was Elder Oaks at the time, now President Oaks, or the Richard G Scott in October 2010 talked he, he gave a talk about there being two branches basically in, uh, of uh, revelation there's there's a personal revelation and there is um, revelation through priesthood keys uh, you know with with the prophet being at the head of that obviously but it we we need both if we rely too heavily on um, just our own personal revelation, there is a chance that we could be we can be deceived. If we rely too heavily on just the prophet, without getting our own confirmation and own revelation, we won't uh, be strong enough to withstand our daily temptations and and prom- and challenges and problems, and We would just be acting on blind blind faith, and the Lord doesn't want blind faith. The Lord wants you to listen to this prophet and then get your own revelation. It's both of those things. And my testimony is that we have access to both of those in this day. And as you seek your own personal revelation, and as you seek to follow the prophet, blessings flow. I know that because in my life, as I've done that and when I do that, when I seek my own revelation and seek for guidance, I receive it. When I seek to follow the prophet, I'm blessed. And those things, the personal revelation and the revelation from my church leaders, the prophet and my bishop and my elders quorum president and so on, they they intersect. And in following that, that intersection, uh, there's safety. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you join me in the next episode as we discuss section 82.